you only get one chance to make a positive first impression. And for new Detroit Lions head coach Dan Campbell and general manager Brad Holmes, if there was any confusion or misunderstanding of the direction they wanted to take the franchise as they begin this massive rebuilding effort in the Motor City. They made it clear of their intentions on draft night. Do whatever you can to win the line of scrimmage. With now Penny Sewell in the fold, the franchise is hopeful he'll be the anchor of one of the most talented and young offensive lines in all of football. So the question now becomes, after their first inaugural draft, is the franchise on the right track and headed in the right direction? Did Holmes and Campbell get foundational pieces to build around in the talent evaluation Super Bowl of the spring? I pose those questions to friend of the program, 97 won the ticket, update anchor and producer Jake Reitma, who returns to the program to give his State of the Union when it comes to the State of the Lions following the draft. I'm Kevin McShann. Let's have this conversation. Welcome to the show, and uh, today we're going to recap what the Lions have done this offseason. Always great to see you, and uh, thanks for taking a few minutes, Jake. Oh, Kevin, absolute pleasure. So glad to be back with you. I love coming on. I love chopping it up with you and, and whether, whatever we're talking about. Usually it, it's it's the Lions, so that can sometimes be a uh, a depressing topic, if you will. But, you know, draft season, draft season's fun, right? It gives us some hope, some optimism, and some things to be excited about. But thanks again for having me on. I really do appreciate it. Absolutely. You know, the draft is a Lions version of Christmas because I haven't lost yet. So it's all the sunshine and rainbows there, Jake. Yeah, something like that, right? It's also, I've said this time and time again, draft season is so noisy because you guys like you and I, you know, we can come with our opinions and, and, and you know, confirm the picks or say, oh, we should have gone in this direction. We should have done that. I love this. I love what we're doing here. But there, there's no proof, you know, there's no, there's no data to prove anything until the fall so it's kind of fun to just speculate and and spew out our opinions on on what has transpired and what we think is it was were good moves and what we think could have been improved absolutely so let's dive right into it jake so my first question today is generally i'm wondering if you can assess the state of the franchise after the draft and the offseason we've seen there but 
No doubt about it. Look, Brad Holmes and company, their first, uh, like you said, Christmas or, or their first big showtime, if you will, with the NFL draft. And I think they made a clear statement. Listen, this team is going to be built from within the trenches. I mean, it was the first time since 1992, the Lions spent two of their first three draft picks picking up interior defensive linemen. And then who was the third pick? Obviously, Penny Sewell. Well, he was the first pick, but of the three in the first three picks, he the offensive lineman then you got the two defensive linemen so they're sending a clear message Chris Spielman also with his fingerprints on this organization now moving forward that this team is going to be nitty gritty built from within and that has a lot of Lions fans exciting and it kind of fits the mold that Dan Campbell used in his introductionary press conference how many times do we talk about that biting kneecaps off it seems like these are some guys that will bite some kneecaps but then you look at some of the later rounds you address some position needs in round four you get a wide receiver and a linebacker so you know it's not just a complete rebuild you're still putting players in places that you have position needs with the wide receiver and the linebacker draft picks. So overall, I think the assessment of the franchise, because that was your original question is it's, it's, we're not, we're not there yet in, in the coming season in 2021, it's certainly going to take some time, but you start to put together some franchise altering pieces that are going to be there and and the pieces that you're going to be building around. So, you know, the immediate future obviously is a little bit bleak, but the long-term approach I think is what Brad Holmes and company were using on this, this draft here in 2021. Absolutely not Jake. I hate the draft grades question right after the draft, right after the draft. So I'll ask it this way in order uh, for this draft class to be successful, what, what do you think has to happen in order to uh, consider this draft class a success? Well, Kevin, first off, thank you for not making me put a letter grade to it because what does it matter if I say A++++ or D-++, minus minus minus, right? That's just a letter grade. So I'm so glad you phrased it that way. So here's what I'll say. I think with the, given the state of the franchise, we can all agree the bottom's about to fall out or is falling out. And you, you know, you're on that, that rebuild or retool, reload, whatever you want to call it. Quintricia, you know, uh, uh, Matt, Patricia and, and Bob Quinn ran this franchise into the ground. So there's a lot to try to recover from that. And so for this first draft for Brad Holmes to be a success. And I keep saying Brad Holmes, but everybody in the front office that's involved for it to be a success. I think you gotta have at least three, three franchise staples moving forward, three cornerstone pieces that are going to be with the team for years and years to come. Now, of course we can probably pencil in Penny Sewell. Everybody loves that pick. I, for one was pretty surprised that he wasn't off the board at five to Cincinnati and that he didn't end up falling to the lions at seven, but then who are the other two guys? Is it, is it Levi Uzuorke? You know, tough names to say for everybody out of Washington. Is it Akeem McNeil out of North Carolina state? Again, I've referred to the fourth round you know I kind of like I like Derek Barnes the linebacker one of those guys or two of those guys I should say you're hoping can step up and be a, a, a piece of this franchise moving forward so it's all about gaining that draft capital and putting players in the position to help this franchise it for years and years to come so if you let if you hit on Penny Sewell and you hit on two other guys maybe maybe it's Ramon Armon. St. Brown, maybe it's a wide receiver out of USC. If you hit on one of those guys, that can be a, a huge, a huge success for the Lions and Brad Holmes in year one. 
And I know you had a, a reaction to the emotional reaction once uh, uh, Sewell fell to the Lions. I'm wondering your thoughts on what, what you saw on draft night when uh, Brad Holmes gave everybody a big bear hug about it because uh, they got their guy, clearly. Yeah, I mean, it's one of those things like the, the how many times do we talk about optics and how many times do we talk about, uh, you know, uh, the looks tell you everything, you know, picture tells you a thousand words, video, whatever it may be. I mean, you make no mistake about it. They got their guy. They were so excited. And I think that was emblematic in, in the way they conducted themselves in that uh, the war room, if you will. And, and seeing the excitement, I think it speaks volumes for how excited the Lions front office is to have Penny Sewell wearing the blue and silver. Do you uh, consider him a franchise, a general, uh, a ge generation type player? I do. And it's, I mean, the position makes it a little bit tougher because, you know, there's guys that have been in the league forever, Jonathan Ogden and, and Joe Staley, your offensive linemen that uh, were, were there forever. And, you know, they, they can, you can have great offensive linemen on a bad team. So does it make the lions all of a sudden a front runner for the NFC North? Of course not. But does it give them a guy that's going to be wearing the, the uniform for 10 years to come and, and potentially that, that, that staple at right tackle? I believe so. Yeah, absolutely. And I also think there's something to be said about drafting and safe pick might have negative connotation because, Oh, we're playing it safe. But in that position where there's so many holes to fill, you're still a year or two away to go with what national talking heads, you know, national media members said all the top 10, that's your sure hall of famer. If you had to make betting odds on who's going to be a hall of famer, it's Penny Sewell. So from that sense, I think it's okay with the direction that the lions went. I don't think it's, you know, again, just going to automatically correlate to wins on the field be just because of the position. It's not necessarily as impactful as maybe a franchise quarterback or some of the shiny toys, if you will. But from where the Lions are as an organization, this was the pick they needed to make. And uh, tell me, Jake, with the draft and free agency now behind them, how do you judge what Holmes and Campbell have done as a tandem so far? Yeah, I mean, I think the easy reaction, and I'm guilty of this. I talked about it on the air on 97 won the ticket, and the the bar has been so low for so long. And and look at the last regime. They they ran this franchise into the ground. So it's it's human nature, it's a fan's nature to blindly trust something, especially when it's a, a breath of fresh air. I think we're all vulnerable to that. We're all gullible. Again, I'm just as guilty as you and just as guilty as the next fan. But that said it's, it's easy to, to have all the warm and fuzzies and say everything's going great because there has been this, this overwhelming feeling of, uh, of a positive movement, but is that because it was just much worse from years past? Or is that because in fact, Brad Holmes and company know what they're doing? I hope, I hope it's the latter and that there is a lot to be excited about, but I still want to caution fans to pump the brakes a little bit because there's still and even even in the first year you know tw again i'll say it time and time again 2021 is not going to be pretty for the lions so let's 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 pump the brakes on any kind of knee-jerk reaction quick judgment however still acknowledging that you gotta like the direction brad holmes and company are going my mom and dad uh my uh holy cow uh my dad <sighs> this is uh 
I don't think it's ever really hit me until right now. Um, I'm very grateful today, and I'm very proud to be a Detroit Lion. I'm very excited we got this done. It's a dream come true. And uh, I definitely wasn't uh, stressing over it, right? Because I knew, I, I mean, I wasn't, I guess, I hate to go back to my dad, but ever since my dad passed, I've, I've kind of just took in everything day by day. And uh, I knew I was under contract for two more years, so I kind of just live in the moment, man. But uh, but now looking forward to it, yes, it's awesome, man. It's awesome. Uh, Decker Decker has become one of my better friends. Jonah, I, I, Tyrell, everybody in that room. Um, Penne, get to add Penne to the room. Um, Skipper, everybody, Matt Nelson. Uh, it goes on and on. And uh, just, to, just to have that room of guys uh, – with Hank and now bringing in some new coaches and everything. And there's just a lot of excitement about all of that for sure. I don't know when you sign a contract like this, uh, it's kind of hard to digest that amount of money, right? Like, uh, and I, I don't know, it just must've hit me today, but I mean, me and my dad and uh, my mom, we've kind of planned this, you know, if that makes sense. This has always kind of been the goal uh, since day one. I, I, I was uh, at my mom's house yesterday and we were going through some of our school project, one of my school projects from middle school. And I, I was either middle school or elementary school. It's the first time I started writing in cursive, whatever age that was. Hopefully it was elementary school, not middle school for anybody judging me. But uh, my, I, I had wrote that my goal was to make it to the NFL and be able to take care of my parents. And they're just, uh, my dad is, and my mom are just my people, you know, and I'm very grateful for them. And, uh, you know, my dad's not here, but I'm very excited to take care of my mom because uh, I had an amazing childhood, man. And um, I'm just so proud of the way I was raised and how I was raised and uh, my upbringing and uh, to, to be able to give back to my mom. I wish I could give back to my dad and, you know, go fishing with him and everything, but to be able to give back to my mom and my family means the world. Yeah, there's definitely, I guess you sh could say, a pressure that comes with it. But I think one thing that has gotten me here today is just my pride, you know, the pride in the name. And that's kind of been like, the, there's a lot of outside sources that can put pressure on you, but I don't think it's ever going to be more than the pressure I put on myself. I take so much pride in what I produce with my name, whether it's how I interact with you guys, how I interact with people around the building or how I play, you know, and I just want, I just want to be able to keep climbing. Uh, I don't think I have to do anything different, right? I just have to keep, keep on the steady progression. I think there's a lot of improvement I can still make, which is exciting for me and uh, hopefully for Lions fans. But uh, I just have to keep on my steady progression and keep working hard and keep doing what I know works and uh, keep climbing, you know? Uh, you know, I was texting some of my dad's buddies. Um, they, they said they were all crying, you know, and, uh, my one bu dad's buddy, Toby Saxon, uh, he said he'd be doing cartwheels. He said he had had a pretty mad cartwheel, uh, but he'd probably be calling me a schmo for crying on national media or whatever. And, <laughs> but, uh, you know, he, uh, he used to always say this thing. He's like, I'm just going to keep putting pizzas oven and pizzas in the oven. And then one day you'll buy me a helicopter. So I'm sure he'll be saying something like that. But, uh. He'd, he'd be ecstatic. Uh, my mom and my brothers and sisters even would give him crap because he would just he uh, <laughs> he couldn't turn it off. You know, he would uh, he would talk about me quite a bit. He had he had Google alerts set so like if any of you guys wrote anything, he'd be the first to read it and he'd send me and he'd say pretty cool sport, pretty cool champ. So he I mean he'd be telling everybody anything anyone who wants to hear. We are going. I think uh, the lion certainly took a, 
a big uh, item off the to-do list by uh, signing Frank right now to the extension. He obviously had uh, an emotional reaction to getting a contract extension. So I'm just wondering your thoughts on what you think that move means for the franchise. Yeah, listen, I think if you take the combination of extending Ragnow and Decker long-term combined with the direction the, the organization went with their draft this year in 2021, I go back to my earlier comments. This is all about building a substantial interior line on both the offensive and defensive side of the ball and giving yourself a, a, a form, a, a core base to build around through, through both lines, offensive and defensive line. And I think that takes a, uh, a, it presents a certain personality for a team and the lions appear to be heading to that personality. And, and we talk about it all the time in Detroit, it's, it's a gritty blue collar city. And I think by drafting the amount of big guys you did, the lions are going big, big up front offense and defense, blue collar gritty. And that's the type of personality this team will have. And outside of uh, the first pick, you had mentioned that you were a fan of the St. Brown pick. I'm wondering, outside of the first pick, what, what were you most a fan of what they did in the draft? And was there a, a specific player that you wish they would have taken that they didn't? Not necessarily that I wish they would have taken. I do like Ifatu Mel Afantu. I know it's going to be hard to say Afan Wu, you know, the cornerback out of Syracuse. And, you know, I like that because that's another position of need. And I think today's corner is going in that direction, kind of a bigger mold. I mean, he, he's over six foot, over 200 pounds, you know, kind of that Richard Sherman body, if you think of, and to get him in the third round, I think could, has a lot of value, but you know, who's to say some of those later round picks, I, 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 I'd be lying to you if I said, oh, I think we should go on this way or that way. The draft gets to be so deep, especially in those later rounds. But again, you talk about positions of needs, you talk about value. I think Derek Barnes, also the linebacker out of Purdue, you know, this, this team could use some linebackers. Think of Jelani Tavai, I've been on record many times on the ticket, and I'll say it again. I think Jelani Tavai might go down as one of the worst second round picks of all time. So, to get uh, uh, hopefully a potential replacement in Derek Barnes in the fourth round, maybe there's some value there. So, I like I like Barnes. I mentioned St. Brown and then the corner out of, out of Syracuse. Again, uh, I like that pick in the third round as well because those are positions of need. And when you're as bad as the Lions, there's a lot of positions of need. Jake, I think I can run faster than Jelani Tobin, but that's another, I agree. <laughs> that's another story for another day. Um, yeah, we had some talks uh, before the draft, and um, I, I again, I think it's a it's a nice vote of confidence, obviously for me. And um, I think what's not lost on me is is that their first move is, as 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 a staff with Brad and Dan was involved me. So I, it's exciting, and, and it makes you feel good. Yeah, I think so. I think there's a lot to take. I think, you know, anytime there's a new head coach and a, and a full new staff and, you know, a lot of the new players as well, um, there's a turnover and, and, and there's a there's a different feeling and there's a different energy in the building and, and just trying to grasp that and run with it. And I, and I think uh, the biggest thing, I know I mentioned this in my first press conference, was that it can change very quickly. Um, it can it can go from from unfortunately not very good last year to, to, to good and, and to play off good and very quickly. And, and it doesn't, it's not easy. I'm not saying it's, it's, you know, show up and it works, but there's a lot of work that can be done, but, but it is, it is, it is available. It is an option if, if we make it the right way and we put the work in and, and do the right things. 
you know, I, I, I try not to pay much attention to uh, media dialogue or anything like that, but um, sure, there's, there's some things that build a little chip on your shoulder and, and um, you know, not that I, I would say I feel like I'm forgotten, but, you know, there's, there's some things I've done in this league that um, I, I feel pretty good about and, and I'm excited to bring to the Lions. Do you ever want to remind people that you started in a Super Bowl? <laughs> I don't. I don't need to do that. I'll let my. I'll go. I'll go out and play this year and hopefully play pretty well and let them let them make that For decision. Another day. I'm also curious to get your thoughts on your first impressions of Jared Goff. You know, he's been here a few weeks, so I'm wondering your uh, initial impressions there as well. Yeah, no doubt about it. I mean, there's a, I personally don't love the chip on the shoulder narrative that uh, you'll, you'll hear from time to time. And I think a lot of people in the local media for sure, and extending that out to national media kind of get that sense when Jared Goff addresses the media, you know, he makes comments that uh, you, I mean, it might be drawing a little bit too far into it, but you sense a little bit of a chip on the shoulder based on how things worked out for the Rams and how he was really shown the door by, by um, Jared McVeigh and, um, and um, the, the Los Angeles Rams organization. And so for that reason, I think he's got a lot to prove. I don't know if he can ever get back to the first round pick that caliber quarterback that he was and you know so I almost feel like I'm kind of in between and I've said this again I've said this before as well that it might not make for great uh great radio great podcast great video whatever multimedia whatever content it is you know I think I'm kind of at a wait and see with Jared Goff you know I I think there's there's probably a little bit um of you know there's a little bit of merit to both extremes there's could this guy get you back to a Super Bowl eventually. Well, he's proven he can get to a Super Bowl with a running game and an exceptional defense. Or is it a guy that has to have play action and can't complete a pass without it? And, you know, is is the guy that was shown the doors. And, it, and the truth probably lies somewhere in the middle. But um, I know he's got a lot to prove to both McVay and the the Rams as an organization. And is that going to be done in Detroit in the next two years? I don't think the next year, but uh, who's to say he couldn't put it together, you know, later on and, and maybe give the lions enough to, to invest in him long-term. But again, I, 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 I hate to be the guy that's in the middle, but I, I think it's okay to be, to be honest with, with where we are in terms of assessing a brand new quarterback. And it's okay to p- take a, a wait and see approach. Are you surprised they didn't take a quarterback in the draft? Initially, no. And then I, I again, I said this on the air as well on, on Sunday. Then a week went by, and I just kept getting this uncomfortable feeling, thinking, "What if? What if one of those quarterbacks that we passed on turns into, you know, the next, uh, the next franchise-altering?" face of the NFL quarterback, whether whether that's Justin Fields in, in Chicago or Mac Jones in, in Dallas, I, I think Justin Fields is inheriting an awfully good situation, especially if you consider what's going on in green Bay, perhaps, perhaps trouble and perhaps Aaron Rodgers. you know, nothing proven yet, but he, he makes it pretty clear that he doesn't want to be playing in green Bay. So all of a sudden Aaron Rodgers, again, hypothetically, Aaron Rodgers departs green Bay, the lions are rebuilding and it comes down to the Minnesota Vikings roster and, and Kirk cousins against the Chicago bears roster and Justin Fields. And maybe Justin, Fields is the guy that we saw 
in that semifinal game against Clemson, as opposed to the guy that has struggled at times in other big games, such as in the big 10 title game against my Northwestern Wildcats who shut him down on defense. But I think Justin Fields is going to be a star. I really do. And Jake, my final question for you is uh, we all know that wins and losses isn't necessarily the, uh, the ultimate uh, goal of this season. This season. So I'm going to ask you, how, does, how do you think uh, fans and the team itself can uh, define success in the 2021 season? Oh, you saved the toughest question for last, Kevin. I swear. This is this one. I I I ask myself this question and I go back and forth on it. It depends on the week, you know. The the competitor in me wants to see them be in every game and have the chance to win every game. And but the realist in me just knows that's not going to be the case. So you have to find different ways to evaluate whether or not this franchise is moving forward and whether or not Brad Holmes is, is looking like a successful GM in his first year, Dan Campbell, his first year as head coach. And I think there's, it's, it's difficult to, to express in words and articulate because it's one of those things, you know, it when you see it in terms of the body language on the field, the competitive nature that this, this organization has, because we've seen it, we've seen the bottom fall out with the lions where it's just ugly and they have no business being on the field. I don't think you ever want to see that where they're not competing and, and, you know, you're counting down the seconds for games to be over with, but at the same time, if, if this is another, you know, four or five win season and you stock up that draft capital and you're picking in the top five again, and you continue and you have the opportunity to continue to build through the draft, that's not all bad either. So one of those things, you know it when you see it, I think you want to see a competitive team that's fighting, starting to build that personality after their head coach and Dan Campbell, that they're biting kneecaps off and, and playing tough in the trenches, playing gritty with those three draft picks in the first three rounds of interior linemen and, and going from there and seeing where it leads. Hey, Jake, I know that uh, you've had a busy day, and I know that the uh, podcast you host, the Michigan State of Sports, is going well. So I really want to thank you for uh, spending a few minutes with me and making time in your schedule to answer a couple of questions. Most appreciated. Always great to see you, and let's do this again soon, okay? Kevin, absolutely. You know, anytime I can, it's an honor to be on your show. It's always great to catch up with you. I love every part of it. I love every second of it. This is a lot of fun. We'll definitely do it again, my friend.